get in the middle of this. Hey, if I have not met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Community Church. So glad to see you this Christmas Eve. Uh, those of you who are here in person, those of you who are worshiping with us online. So um, for those of us who are in person, let's, let's do something together. There's a lot of people who are part of our church family. I've got some of my kids who can't be here this Christmas Eve service. Can we greet them? So this, like, this is how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna count to three, and then after I say, th- not on three, but like after three, Let's just like yell Merry Christmas at them. You guys good with that? All right, this side's ready. This side ready? Yeah, okay. Y'all, y'all are gonna have to carry the room. I'm just, uh, just, all right, ready? One, two, three, Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks for doing that. Um, I love Christmas Eve services. This is one of my favorite services that we do all year. Um, I, I have a few jokes that I like to tell at Christmas time so you can, you can prepare yourself. Uh, for those of you who are new, this is only my second Christmas at Christ Community, so I have this one joke that I tell every year, but this is only the second time some of you have heard this, so um, it's a knock-knock joke. You guys know how knock-knock jokes work, right? I say knock-knock and you say, okay, yeah, good. <laughs> We're together on this. We're gonna make it through. So knock-knock. Christmas cow goes. No, Christmas cow goes moo. I know, it's really bad, but I've been telling it for years. So like, I got traditions. So, um, all right, kids, this is for you. Listen, this is compassion on my part. Our kids are grown. I know some of you are wrestling like three, four, five, six-year-old. They like the jokes. This is a time, so the rest of you, like you just settle down, let these kids enjoy their moment here. So because we don't have any snow, What do you call an old snowman? A puddle. I know, no good. Um, Where does this snowman keep his money? Snowbank. Got it over here, all right. Okay, now, new one for me to tell. I've never told this one before, and I've been doing this for like two decades. I've never told this joke before. I've read it a number of times and I never got it until this morning when I was. <laughs> so, so what does a snowman eat for lunch? An ice burger. Iceberg, ice burger. <laughs> so the best way you can honor me for this gift I've given you is to retell the jokes at Christmas Eve dinner tonight. So. You can go home and forget that stuff as fast as you can. It's, it's really okay. So I wanna give you a couple things, though, that I do think are worth remembering and um, more than that are worth reflecting on. I really hope, um, I just wanna talk to you for a couple minutes, but I really hope something that I say here in these next couple minutes is you can find some quiet time either tonight after everything settles down or tomorrow before everything gets crazy to, to think about this God who has come to be with us at Christmas time reading through the Christmas story, and I do it every year for, for myself and for our time together. And I've been reading the Gospel of Luke, and there's, Luke tells two birth stories. One is of a guy named John the Baptist, and the other is of Jesus. And of course, at Christmas time, we're celebrating Jesus. But in Luke's telling of Jesus' birth, he, he tells these two birth stories. So John the Baptist... His parents were named Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah was a priest, ancient days, and 
he and Elizabeth were, they were devout people. They were worshipers of God. They followed him, they loved him, they were obedient to him, and they spent their entire adult life desiring a child, not having one. So Luke chapter one, starting in verse five, Luke writes for us, it says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. They were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were very old. So it's, it's over for them. So one day when Zechariah's division of the priests was on duty and he was serving as the priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So this is, this is a once in a lifetime deal for a priest in these ancient days. They would, they would basically roll the dice and whoever's name came up got to go in to the temple and burn the incense before the Lord and, and so this was Zachariah's one time. He's been a priest his entire adult life and he hasn't, he hasn't gotten to participate in this because once you, once, you, once you go in, your name's off the list. This is an honor that gets passed around. And so he is, he is in the temple burning incense which represent the prayers of, of the priesthood, of him personally, of the nation that was, of the devout people, prayers to the Lord God. And so, so he's in there burning incense, and when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And so there's just this big thing happening, all focused on Zechariah there in the temple for that moment with the incense burning. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. <laughs> when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear, as we would be, but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Because what prayer? Because here he is, this old guy, and he's been, he's been sent into the, the temple to raise up the prayer, to burn the incense, to voice the prayer to God for the people. And so the angel says, hey, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you're to call him John, and he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. And I, just, I, I read through that, and I'm thinking, I mean, we don't know. It doesn't tell us what, what the prayer is, but I'm thinking that Zachariah is doing what he's supposed to do. I think, he's, I think he is, he's on the job. He's a priest, and this is his moment to pray on behalf of the people, and he's lifting up this prayer on behalf of the people to God. And, and the angel meets him and says to him, hey, listen, your prayer has been answered. I don't know about the one he's praying in that moment, but the one that he and Elizabeth had prayed for all those years before. And, and God shows up and says, hey, I, like, can I surprise you with something? The other, the other birth announcement is the birth of Jesus. And, you know, so... Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife's pregnant. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of David. Virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. And so Mary is, and who knows what she was doing. I mean, we saw in, we saw in the video, she was, she was having lunch, she was planting flowers, wearing an Under Armour shirt. I mean, who knows what's going on right there in those moments for her, but this was not something she was asking for. Now, some historians, not all of them, some historians and Bible scholars say that there was, there was this prayer that, that young Jewish girls would pray that they would get to be the mother of the Messiah. But Mary's engaged, she's not married, she's like, I don't know. She, it's early for that prayer for her and the angel of the Lord shows up to her and, and surprises her with, with the privilege of getting to be the mother of the Messiah and, and this gift that, that he was giving to her, that God is giving to her, came with, a, came with a really big price tag. You know from the story, all the stuff that went on personally between Mary and Joseph as they figured that out. And then if you read a little farther into the story, what the community always thought of Mary because she was pregnant before she was married. And like just, there was this big price tag that came with her all the way to watching her son die on a cross. But, but this was a gift that God gave to her. And I was, I was thinking about these two these two little stories here and about who God is. And, and one of the things that I thought was interesting, and this is true about God, he's, he's full of surprises. He's full of surprises. What Zachariah and Elizabeth have in common with Mary is they were paying spiritual attention. They weren't coasting. They weren't, you know, they weren't just walking along. They, spiritually, they were... They were paying attention, they were dialed in. People who are paying attention spiritually and are dialed in, God surprises them. And, and that surprise that, that God gave to Zachariah and Elizabeth, it didn't erase all those years of sadness and disappointment when she wasn't pregnant, but it spoke into and over that. And for Mary, this surprise that he gave to her, it, it didn't erase the price tag that comes with being the mother, but what a gift that God gave to her. And I just, one of the things I think it's worth remembering and thinking about this Christmas Eve into Christmas morning is that, that God really is a God who's full of surprises. Another thing about him that comes out of this little story, birth narrative, is um, he overflows with grace. He overflows with grace. John, the name that the angel told Zachariah to give to this little boy because in their culture, what his name really would have been would have been Zachariah, right? He would have named him after himself. And in this name, God steps in and says, no, I got a different name for this son that I'm giving to you. His name's John, and John means God is gracious. God, God bestows favor on people who don't deserve it. And then Jesus, of course, his name means the Lord saves and, and in all of this, there's just this overflowing grace of God to, to people who don't, they don't deserve it. Even though the statement is in there that they were these people paying you know, spiritual attention, they weren't paying close enough spiritual attention. They weren't, doing, they weren't doing things in such a way that they deserve to have a miraculous conception after all those years or the virgin birth of Jesus. That, 
that they didn't earn that, they didn't deserve that, and this overflowing grace of God that he would, he would give to people these, these surprises for them that are more than what they deserve, it's, it's a cool thing. And then the last thing, reflecting on this, you know, God's full of surprises, he's overflowing with grace. This last of my wording is a little different because this isn't just the character quality of God, this is about his, it's about his person, God is love. The Bible tells us that about him. It's not that God is loving, it is God is love. He's, all love originates with him, it's perfect in him, it's sourced in him, it flows from him, God is love. And that's the whole reason for what we read in Luke chapter one, what we're celebrating today, what we're gonna celebrate tomorrow. Um, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God's motive for all of this is, is his great love for you and for me. And I didn't, want you to, I didn't want you to go through this Christmas season without somebody reminding you that God loves you. He's crazy about you. He has, he has surprises, he has gifts that he wants to give to you. He, he wants to, his goodness, his grace to overflow into your life. And all that's because, because he is love and because he loves you. And my encouragement to you Christmas time, this is, this is a great time to, to kind of do a heart check and you know, am I, am I paying spiritual attention? I think it's a great question to ask ourselves later tonight, early tomorrow, everything's kind of died down or before it starts, am I paying spiritual attention? And, and I, am I in a position to receive some of this surprises, some of this grace, this love that God has given to me. Because we want you to know his love, to experience his grace, his goodness that flows to us in these, these really good surprises that he gives. So I'd like to pray for us. Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Heavenly Father, we're really grateful for your love, that you are love, and that as your, as your love moves towards us and that goodness, that grace flows. These surprises that come to us, stuff we may or may not expect, but they come from you and you're good. So I'm praying for myself and I'm praying for my friends who are part of this service in this room, online, that we would pay, be paying attention, spiritually speaking, that we'd be paying attention to you, that we'd be listening for your voice, what you'd wanna say to us, that we would um, be willing maybe to turn loose to some of the things that we're holding on to so we could receive what you'd like to give to us, that you'd help us see through some of the maybe disappointments that we're experiencing or the frustrations that we have, or we'd be able to see through that stuff and see that, that you are giving good things to us in and through Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for becoming one of us. We celebrate your willingness to step down from heaven, this place we call home, and, and live with us and die for us and rise again so that we could have life. And because you've done that, we get to say we love you and we voice this prayer in your name, amen.